0: today with Gina Clemenson and we've been talking about relationships with our children and how to build those and the importance of that and discipline and so I have um, Gina is going to share some things that they do in their family to develop uh, the communication and just deep relationships with their kids. So if you would start, Gina, just telling us a little bit about your family.
1: Sure. Uh, My husband, Bill, and I have been married for over 21 years now, so still newlyweds, but we're figuring it out (laughs) That's a couple decades in. Um, We have three kids. Caleb is a college freshman. Cody is a freshman at Vandegrift. And Claire, our youngest, is a sixth grader at Canyon Ridge.
0: Okay, great. And so you guys moved here uh, recently, yeah, and I know that I'm sure um, those relationships that you've built have been very mm-hmm. important in in helping them transition. So, how were you and Bill able to build those relationships with your children?
1: Um, I think first off, knowing the relational aspect of parent child relationships is so important and so easy in a busy culture to overlook that Mm. sometimes we can assume if we're getting them to school or their sports or throwing some chicken nuggets at them um that it's it's hard to slow down sometimes Uh and have fellowship. so we've always gotten together around the table for dinner sometimes that's been on a field a sport field before after a game or going out to eat um, but just always having yeah, meals together. That's huge. All the time, consistently, not just once or twice a week, but every day. We just know that at six o'clock it's dinner time. We all come to the table, and if someone's not hungry, we still come to the table and hang out and mm-hmm. talk. And yeah, um, that and also serving together at our church. Being able to um, at Christmas time serve at the Christmas Eve service. Our daughter Claire loves serving in the preschool ministry. Um, our son has a heart for ministry and has led like Bible studies at lunchtime at his former school before we moved. So um, ways that we can serve and support each other in growing and serving have been really useful, really powerful. But then probably the most important thing is not just our corporate family time together, but individual one-on-one time. Yes. So when our oldest, he's 19 now, when he started driving at 15 and got his permit, it was awesome because he had to have an adult in the car with him. Um, So those were the times when he and I would really connect the most. It was just the sweetest season because he really wanted to drive and he needed somebody, uh-huh. and I was always ready to be that somebody. That's so, great. I like that. Um, the lack of pressure with maybe looking at the road and not face-to-face, you know, intense, hey, we're going to have a conversation, um, the nature of that just allowed it to happen more naturally. Um, that was great, and then <laughs> although I'm a morning person, the rest of my family seem to be night owls, so Claire and Cody still... I'll go in and I'm I'm just about to pass out myself. I'm looking at the clock, and as it starts to get darker earlier, I'm thinking, "Gosh, it's six thirty. It feels like nine thirty. <laughs> like, how much longer do I have to stay functional before I can go to bed myself?" Um, but they love to talk at bedtime, so if I go Not in there to like yeah, just tuck in Claire. I just know that's gonna be a wise investment of fifteen to thirty minutes yeah. and that's okay. If I'm exhausted, I'm not having to come up with rocket science. Yeah. Mostly she just wants to They just to wanna talk. spew. I
0: mean, yeah. they just wanna talk and have us listen. Yeah,
1: just connect or mm-hmm. um Cody will tell me what songs he's composing or what whatever he's doing on whatever video game that he's beaten this level or something. And that's, that's fine. That's great. So,
0: and that's great. They want to share that with yes. you. I love that.
1: I feel like when you can talk with your kids about the safe stuff, when you nurture that environment where they know they can, you'll listen to them when they're telling you something that maybe you don't really care about, like, mm. you know, telling me the history of Greenland's farming, you know, culture, whatever, something random that you really are not invested in personally. But when you can listen to your kids and um, speak value to what your kids are interested in when it's, when they're talking about nothing, they'll end up coming to you and talking to you about the big things because oh, they so know good. you're safe. They can trust you with the small things, with things that don't matter. Because not very many kids just walk in and say, oh, I need to bear my soul to you, mom, dad, they'll usually test the waters. And if you are interested, even if you're fainting it a little bit, if you're interested in what they're sharing, not maybe because of the content of nothingness, but because you're interested in them. And it's important to them. Yeah, and that you don't have to fake. Like, I value this because... I value you. And yes. so I can value anything as an extension of you and your interests and passions. So awesome. Tell me more. Then you end up wading into deeper waters and you then you get the sweetness of that deep relationship. So good. Um, so good. So hopefully we built deep relationships with each of our kids.
0: Yeah. That's how, I mean, the fact that I remember doing that too, just just taking that time at night to listen to them and half the time I was trying, trying not to fall asleep. Um, but, and, and all the sacrifice, you know, like I never, I think I missed all the TV TV in the nineties because my kids were little and I just didn't have time to watch it. Yeah. So, but I'm that's sure you don't pays regret off. it. You I don't, don't
1: look back and say, gosh, Oh my gosh, those episodes. that
0: isn't that the truth? Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so, were you able, it sounds like you were able then to draw out their hearts because that's what we've talked about is how important it is to um, get them to, uh, we're trying to shepherd their hearts and right. we're trying to help them see the why behind their behavior. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about that and how your the relationship played into that.
1: Right. So discipline gets a bad rap. The word, When we hear the word discipline, we start thinking, obedience, submission, anything. And these are not bad words, but they they can get a bad rap because what we often think is that means control. And what our kids from a very young age, when they, I do it, mm-hmm. when they start, they don't want to feel controlled. So when we spend the time finding out how they're wired, because you know you don't discipline one child like you do another, even though they are raised in the same household, Birth of the same womb, whatever it is, they have different temperaments, and so remembering Absolutely. that you discipline out of love, that it's a sacrifice as a parent that has a reward, because the scripture says, "No discipline, all it says in Hebrews twelve eleven, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but it later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness." for those trained by it. And Proverbs 13, 24 says, he who loves his son is diligent to discipline him. And that word diligent, like it takes work because sometimes I just want to say, go to your room and I'll be done with it. And I don't really address the heart, but I have to be diligent. I have to discipline myself to discipline my children because I Mm -hmm. know there's a greater goal. They're on a journey. Mm -hmm. We're raising our kids To be independent of us and dependent on the Lord. So how can I model that and how can I shepherd that every day, all the time? Um, Hebrews 12.10 says, God disciplines us for our good to share in his godliness. So if we can remember that discipline is not a dirty word. It's not an evil thing. Even athletes train, they discipline themselves. Um, Those who read the Bible in the morning early before everyone else is up, that's not like the magic time, but maybe those mamas are disciplining themselves because they know once Junior hits the floor, the day is gone, and it's chasing diapers and mm-hmm. preschool dates and whatever, running carpool, that it's just, it can get away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of discipline as like a backyard, and the Lord... Has us in this incredible place of freedom. It's like if you told your kids, "You have this like amusement park backyard, run all over the place. If you want to ride the Ferris wheel, ride the Ferris wheel. Like this is the Shangri-La of backyards, but don't go beyond the fence, because there's a really busy highway. And if you go beyond the fence, you're going to get squashed. It's, you're going to get hurt, run over, broken bones, death. And so that's that's like discipline. It's not. I'm trying to control you or God saying I'm trying to keep something good from you. I'm trying to withhold power from you. It's God saying, "Here are my wonderful boundaries that are set in place for your good." Amen. For godliness. Mm-hmm. This is where joy and peace and happiness is found within within my boundaries. And there's freedom in that, not bondage that sometimes we think discipline is just getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be because people associate following the Lord with following a bunch of rules. It's not true. It's a relationship. Mm -hmm. And we want to discipline both when someone, uh, one of our children has done something that violates Scripture or the Bible says, obey your parents so that it will go well with you. So if we say, put away your laundry, and the kids don't put away their laundry, that's sin. Is it sin not to put away your laundry? No, but it is to disobey your parents. So there needs to be some godly discipline. What does that look like? So I think when we know, like, I'm helping you become a developed, fully developed human being so when I send you off to college, you don't know how to wash your sheets or, <laughs> wear clean clothes or bathe <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, like you can handle it, so. um
0: yeah. that's so good, and and it's in the context of the relationship mm-hmm. that they, that they listen to you, yeah. and they don't, they understand that they're not being, I mean, they might want to, um, you know, go to that feeling of she's trying to control me, mm-hmm. but they also know that that's not true. Yeah,
1: there's a security in it. Yeah,
0: there. yeah, yeah, so that's awesome, um so is that so my next question is how has your godly influence in their lives impacted their obedience and faith as they have gotten older and mm-hmm. your control over them has diminished so mm-hmm. so that you know it addresses that we we've talked about in um some in a couple of the messages there's this authority. Um, relationship it's called authority influence um, continuum where your authority decreases over time and your influence increases Mm -hmm. in terms of helping them Mm -hmm. you know stay within those the fence like you're saying so so what has so how has that um, as your kids have grown older yeah what have you seen
1: there Um, I think about Caleb mostly with that since he's our oldest so we've yeah, I'm sure he'll be back, but we've launched him to some extent. He's a freshman in college, and he's 1,200 miles away. So that idea that when they go to college, you don't have much control, we have no control. He, yep. We could not get to him quickly, even if there were something that came up. Um, so it's been good in many ways, though, because what we prayed as he was growing up is that he'd become independent of us, and remain and grow even more dependent on God. Well, if your parents are 1200 miles away, yeah, we can Amazon, you know, drop something in two days if he needs it or put money in his account to rent to the store, get gas or whatever. But he, he, although he was already a believer and a pretty mature believer, he's just grown so much and even can say that to, you know, like describe the ways that he, is growing spiritually so now he has a hallway of guys and they have a small group together or they eat together um that there's that he has to seek it out that it was really important for him to go and find a church he's not coming to our church we're 1200 miles away that'd be a little bit of a commute so (laughs) he is important for him to find a church and he went and found Surprisingly, a really traditional church, because he said the word is just preach. Uh-huh. The worship is not really my taste, but on their campus they have incredible midweek worship. He said, I've got like the best worship in the camp in the country, it feels like, on my campus every week at convocation. So I just love the teaching. And mom, wouldn't it be cool if like some grandpa guy like would kind of like adopt us and disciple us? Like that's so Awesome that that's your dream. Like that's something you think would be neat. Because I bet you there are grandfathers there who would be willing to step into that kind of ministry place. Where you know who knows where they are in there.
0: Yeah. And so it's been your it's been your model. You're modeling you and Bill modeling your faith for him and just continuing that relationship as he got older. The influence of that relationship that you built. So that when he leaves the nest, yeah. he's still doing the things.
1: Yeah, he is, and he's owning them. Uh-huh. You know, kids will, for the most part, they'll obey. And if you go to church, they probably have to go to church. It's not like you debate, are you going to school or not? Most families just, if you go to, if I go to church, we're all going to church. And so, but do some kids own it? And so to know that he's valuing and owning and um, sees the value in it because it's a relationship. That's the best. It's not just a set of rules that you've been raised by. Exactly. You are a critical thinker who can go out into the world and say, okay, I see what all the political whatever or social whatever is. What does scripture have to say about it? And let me discern this by myself. But at the same time, he was just talking with my husband, Bill, for like an hour or two last night and earlier in the week, an hour or two long conversations Hopefully one day with my daughter I'll have those. It's just different with a son. And so, yeah. you know, I'm like, Phil, is, is Caleb okay? Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. He's great. And he'll tell me a few tidbits. And it's like, oh, okay.
0: That relationship it's, that he wants it's to me. continue
1: that. It's exciting. That's just
0: incredible. I love that so much. So, yeah, that's what the, so then the last question is, how have the conversations over the years prepared your children to see the lens, to see the world through the lens of the gospel? And I think that, you know, you're getting into that when you're saying that he's having these conversations and wanting to, um, he's going to a church where, you know, he's seeing the value of the truth of scripture being taught Mm -hmm. and wanting those um, mentor relationships, so to speak, in his life. And so you
1: want to expand on um, that Um, a little bit? Sure. I think it's an old saying that so much more is caught than taught. Mm. I think we can get exasperated and exhausted as parents, maybe trying to follow read the latest book, follow the latest podcast, get all the teaching and neglect our own personal relationships with the Lord. If we are walking with the Lord, if we are shepherding our relationship with our spouse, if that means ditching the kids and be like, we're going on a hot date, you guys will be fine. We'll be back in a couple of hours or get a babysitter if they're still too yeah. for that. Like when you're walking with the Lord, your kids see that and that sense of like comfort and security and not, not perfection. Not like always happy go lucky, but just being real and being like, yeah, I really I'm really sorry I yelled and got so frustrated. I do feel frustrated when I ask you five times to take out the trash. But then too Even those things, open conversations, like, well, don't you trust that I'll take out the trash? Mm. You know, when they get Mm. to that teenage age. Yeah. yes, I do think you are mature enough to work that out. You let me know, I I won't bring it up again. You know, trash day is Thursday. Set an alarm. Do whatever you need to do. And Mm. that's so much more equipping, so. Mm -hmm.
0: um, And then, I guess, how does does Caleb, he's your oldest, right? mm -hmm. How does he... um, like, what is his ministry? What is his, What is he like? How does he s- uh, serve the Lord? And yeah. So, yeah.
1: So he, um, at his university, they're required to have service hours. So you're hopefully going to find something that you actually want to do. So he, he's serving at like a car. It sounds like a car show, basically is what it sounds like to me. But for him, it's a ministry opportunity to speak to people, to communicate, um have conversations with people as he's sharing about something he happens to be very knowledgeable about, you know, whatever make of core he's showing. Um, So for him, that's great. And knowing I don't have to go to Zimbabwe to do ministry. If I'm called, Mm -hmm. then great. Mm -hmm. But he felt like in high school through doing internships, um, we had like a January term. And each year he did an internship rather than go on a mission trip or take a fun trip, whatever. or just do classes on campus, he chose to do an internship and ended up finding, like, financial planning, which to me sounds so worldly in many ways, like, wow, financial planning, ooh, big ministry, but... Oh, I can see it. When he talks about it, And he's the perfect, like, once he shares, he's the perfect temperament for it because he's he's steady, He's trustworthy, he has great character, he's smart. But when I think financial planning, I'm thinking, gosh, you have to have a million bucks and I'm gonna invest and buy a yacht. And he said, you know, you don't have to be rich to Mm. to use to benefit from a financial planner you financial planners can help you see like why don't you do this insurance instead of that and why don't you put a little bit of money here and watch how that can grow incrementally over time and maximize your impact because you have that financial more financial freedom so when he phrases it like that and that's to him a ministry that's the way he can be involved in ministry
0: yeah that's and like that's, oh
1: and, i love that and that's
0: seeing the world through the lens of the gospel yeah. because he's realizing that people need help in all sorts of ways and then in the middle of that he builds a relationship and yeah. he lets them know he's a Christian and you yeah. never know where it goes.
1: That's, right? It's a highly relational vocation and mm-hmm. he, he just I love to hear him talk about it. That's because so neat. I was an English major and a teacher so My, you know, math, taking stats, financial planning, all of that sort of thing is not my sweet spot. So to hear him have a godly passion for it and be able to share, like, here's where Christ can use that in people's lives and it can be radical is really really neat to hear.
0: And you know what else I really like is that you allowed him to find his thing. Mm -hmm. You know, because we all, I mean, every one of our kids has gifts and talents that the Lord has given them. And one of the ways that we shepherd their hearts is by helping them figure out what is God's plan for my life and right. my future? Right. And so, and God uses all of us in different ways to serve his kingdom. Right. So yeah. I really like that yes. you guys gave him that um, flexibility and allowed him to do those things in the Jan term and mm-hmm. um, those internships and, and figure that out. Because okay. now he's going to really, he's, because he has a passion for it, it's yeah. going to be really good.
1: And two, we didn't know, this is like one of those little minor things that God just knits all your story together when he was a college or a high school freshman and he wanted to do a january ter- term, a j term like flying to it and staying with family but still that was a little intimidating his parents to put him alone on an airplane for the first time as a freshman in high school um as a what, 14, 15-year-old, yeah. mm-hmm. and even though my husband was able to walk into the gate and then my sister-in-law met him on the other end, it was still intimidating, but now we live 1,200 miles away, so he flies home for breaks, and it's not like he was coming to that for the first time. Right. Like it, he gets an expanded view of, okay, I can... I don't have to be in one spot always that I can yeah you allowed him that rope yeah yeah that's
0: really good well I can see that you guys very intentionally parented and shepherded your kids hearts and um, and served with them and built that relationship and so that they have the heart to serve and they um, that influence that you've had in their lives Mm -hmm. has made a a major impact on how they're walking through the Lord now. And so I just applaud you and praise God that you, um, you know, you've listened and followed the Lord in those areas. And, And I think that's that's really what he asks of us. We're back now with um, Gina Clemenson continuing our conversation, and um, she's going to share some of the Christmas traditions that the Clemenson household has developed over the years. and uh, And I think you're going to be really blessed because she's obviously creative and has um, some really good ideas on how to engage kids at all ages. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so go ahead and tell us about uh, a couple of your traditions, okay. Gina.
1: I love Christmas traditions. The kids, if they're in school, they're home from school, so you have time. And some parents, that's terrifying. You're trying to fill up the time, and other parents are just relishing it. And most of us, I think, may be somewhere in between. <laughs> um, one of my favorite traditions that we do every year is build gingerbread houses. Mm. And it started off, it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to be the most creative person at all. There are so many things that you do, but the nature of a tradition is something that a a child can look forward to and come back to. So even when they're adults, they will bring their children back to grandma's house to build gingerbread houses. Um. Oh, I know this for sure. No, I don't have grandchildren yet. But that sense of tradition knits something into their hearts that there's like, Something reliable, something you know is going to happen, and that brings a lot of um, stability and safety. So, gingerbread houses. We just get a cheap kit from Michaels every year, ten dollars, and had four or five little houses, and that was great when the kids were little. A few packages of different bright color decorations mm-hmm. and maybe sets. Yeah. And then as they got older, like when my oldest was fifteen, he did not want to come gather around the table and. <laughs> Build built gingerbread houses. That didn't quite appeal the way it did when he was an elementary schooler. So we turned it into a competition. We'd still do gingerbread houses every year, but then we joined with our neighbors, our good friends, who had three teenage boys, and we'd have our teenage boy, preteen boy, and little sister, who's always along for the ride, and we'd have a gingerbread house competition. So then it was about... You know, oh, like, gosh. oh, I've got, you know, a deer in mine, and I made a tree out of whatever, um, green shoelaces. So that way they still felt like it was something they want to be involved with. Yeah, there's, they're engaged. Yeah, and there's nothing yeah. spiritual about building a gingerbread house, but they felt connected. This is their family. This is their community. This is together, and this is something we do. So And the relationship you know, yeah. again. You're just sitting around the table, laughing and talking and doing mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites. That's great. Um, another thing that we do every year is go ice skating. The five of us. Um, so that's comical. We just go <laughs> once a year, and um, it always starts out as sort of getting your a footing. Little awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was really thankful when Claire was still very small because. I could use the excuse of, I've got to hold her hand so I can hold the wall. <laughs> well, right. Really, it was just holding me up. Gotcha. <laughs> so now she's pretty proficient. Even though we go once a year, they just pick it back up. So we Cute. strap on the skates. We always find there's always somewhere in town that has ice skates. Even skating here in Austin. Yep, even <laughs> in Austin, we're going to wait until it's about 80 degrees outside and go ice skating. Um, And again, it's just the thing that we always do, what we dream and imagine wistfully that someday our kids will say, oh, every year we went ice skating. There's nothing magical about it, but it just affirms like our Mm -hmm. family, we're a team, we're together, this is what we do, and different friends have joined us over the years, but it's like our thing, it's something we do every year.
0: Um, Really good.
1: And there's like value in that. The, the third thing I wanted to share, the last one I, I could ramble on forever, um, is we have, do you know the elf on the shelf? It feels oh, like it's everywhere. Yes. Um, and it's great. We never really did the elf on the shelf. We never, I learned to say when my kids were very small um, and people would ask, like Caleb when he was two or three in the grocery store, oh, are you ready for Santa? Are you being good for Santa? And, and maybe I'm just warped and have probably warped my children but I would say, oh, we don't do Santa <laughs> because it wasn't a focus. It wasn't a big deal. And people would look at me like I was a child abuser. And so oh, I learned gosh. over the years to just say, we don't really emphasize Santa. And that's a little. It could still be a little awkward, but just left it at that because I didn't want strangers walking up and saying, hey, what you get is based on. good you are Mm. because that's not Mm scriptural so Mm -hmm. for us it's like let's tell the story of saint nicholas and how he was such a blessing and provided coins and stockings and that's where that tradition comes from like we can have fun with that and celebrate it and be silly and do the grinch and all of that but it's not really something we emphasize yeah so we've never really done elf on the shelf like this spy you know watching us um, or wrecking our house, even though I think that's really cute and fun. So a few years ago, we got this little like lamb stuffed animal, and we named it Lammy. And Lammy shows up about December first. Hopefully, always December first. If Mama's got her act together, December first. And we, whoever finds Lammy, I hide Lammy somewhere around the house. Sometimes it's just the the stuffed animal. Again, we as mamas do not need like, the pressure of having to plan yes. another month long, you know, what's the elf going to do today? For me, even though I'm creative, that would be, like, maybe more draining than fueling most years. But with Lamie, maybe it's just Lamie that you find. And if you're the kid, the child who finds Lamie, then you get to go hide Lamie. And anywhere, um, you know, downstairs, or anywhere within the bounds. Um And it's just a fun thing. And then some days, Lammy's holding a little scroll or there's like a little piece of paper or candy or something with Lammy. And that's, it's been a great way to have um, scripture verses that the Lammy. kids will be reading because they find Lammy. Um, or to go, like sometimes Lammy will say, tonight we're going ice skating. Well, they know we go ice skating every year, but there's something neat and exciting about i oh, Lily! look we're going ice skating it just makes it more of a moment and an event and memorable so yeah that's been kind of a fun thing i know there's um a few years back i saw there's like a shepherd or some other kind of like elf on the shelf christian version if you will okay um, not that elf on the shelf is anti-christian but there's like a shepherd and has some sort of like little advent pages with it, maybe, oh. um, and you'd hide the shepherd all over the house, and the kids would go find them and would tell the story of leading up to Jesus' birth, so I, lo- I love incorporating that kind right. of yeah, thing. Right, yeah, I see what you're
0: saying, so with lambing and having scripture verses, yeah. you can kind of do it that way, or however the Advent, I mean, it kind of goes along with, with the Advent season, right, yeah. that you can be preparing your hearts, exactly. preparing your hearts for the celebration of Jesus' yeah. birth, Yeah. so... Very good. Yay. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much, and um, I hope you have a great celebration with your family this Christmas. Me too. All right.